Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time and yeah, moaning about it, if nothing else. Uh, I am Chris Bolton, with me as always, the mountain Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. Uh, and oh, we're so nearly there, Mark. <laughs> we're so <laughs> nearly there. Season 3, Episode 9, The Reigns of Castamere. Um, yeah. This one's been hanging over us for a little while, isn't it? It is. I mean, this is probably. I mean, we we conceived this show during season eight, um, but this is probably the first one where I've not the second one actually where I've really wanted to go. You know what? This is kind of it. This is the first point where you go, you've really fucking screwed the pooch there, mate. Um, and this was kind of always in the back of my mind that this was coming up. And as we got closer and closer, I've kind of been looking forward to it. Not because I'm looking forward to the episode as such, but I'm looking forward to flaying it. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, obviously the season one, um, it wasn't the finale, was it? It was the, no, it's the episode ultimate one. episode. So that was obviously the first big jumping off point. Um, yeah. I was never happy with the way they handled Ned's death. No. Um, but yeah, the, the next real big one for me was was this episode. And I guess I guess we'll do things here similar to how we did it with that episode, um, I think is... We'll go through the episode as we normally do, um, and then there is a much broader conversation to be had. Yes, there definitely uh, is. So we'll we'll do that at the end, I think, just like we did with Ned. Otherwise, we probably risk going off on a serious ranty tangent halfway through the episode. Yeah. Um, so I can't promise that's not going to happen, listeners. <laughs> um, but no. we'll do our best to stay on track. We've already yeah. spent best part of thirty minutes ranting about the fucking coronavirus <laughs> before this show even started so yeah Luckily we're not we in a good place us, to we're not start. Release that. yeah uh, strap yourself in listeners this could get a bit bumpy yeah um, i mean I, I like to be fair to, to give it credit i quite like the some of the backstory or some of the background to this um this particular episode this this event or these series of events um in the game of thrones of um law um uh, according to george R. R. martin this was conceived very early on and uh, when he's planning this was always um he was in, it was going to be a trilogy of trilogies. So there were going to be nine books, and this was going to be the end of Act One. So the end of Book Three um, was this Red Wedding. Um, and he always kind of saw this as being um, very grand. There's lots of basis for it in history, um, where you've got the um, the uh, the Douglas clan and the Campbell's cl- Campbell clan in Edinburgh, where they slaughtered them over, over feasts. And there's lots of, lots of work has gone into this. And you can see there's a very clear idea for this. However, having not read the book, I don't know how it works in the book. Um, and for for as an episode point of view, I don't as as I mean I'll, I'm not bearing the lead on this at all. As has been my gripe with the whole season, there's not enough fucking Rob in it to, for me to give a shit. Yep, you're you're exactly right. Um, I totally agree. And again, that I think we'll we'll properly jump onto that when we come to have the the wider discussion. But yeah, that is the whole reason that a, the storyline as a whole doesn't work. Um, yeah. However. And this quite surprised me, if I'm honest. This is only the second time I've seen this episode. You know, it's our first rewatch through. And obviously, looking back on the episode, the main thing I remember is the Red Wedding and how angry it made me. Um, But actually, this is a fucking good episode. And the Red Wedding itself is very, technically, is very fucking well executed. A standalone 50 minutes, whatever it is, of television. This is... This is up there for this show. Like there is some exceptional stuff in here. It's just that, in terms of the the wider story, and there are some wider narrative choices that are made, just like with Ned's death, um, that sadly mean it's not as effective as it could be. 
Yeah. But having said that, I think there is a lot to celebrate. And so as as we go through it, I will point that stuff out as well. Uh, and then we'll have a, a good old bitch at the end. Uh, and believe me, we will. Sure, there's um, plenty to talk about, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to start with, just the opening itself is good. Like, yeah, sorry, they, before before we jump into that, can I assume that um, when you said that it was a well-executed uh, episode, is that was that intent, intentional? Not at all, but yeah, good spot. No well, pun well intended. Um, so... <laughs> The opening, like, yeah, is really good, really strong. It's like they've they've finally got it. Like, it's a good, strong, interesting visual. Yeah. And we start mid-fucking scene, halfway through a conversation. So straight away, we're thrown into Rob's plan. And it just, it's much more interesting. Much more. It grabbed me straight away. It is. It's visually striking. It's It's a very interesting scene. And it covers kind of what we were talking about last week as well, whereby she was his prisoner. Now, all of a sudden, he's kind of realized, actually, that was a bit of a fucking rash move on my part. I was angry. I acted in frustration. I, I trust you and I need your, I, I trust your guidance. I need your counsel because last time I didn't know, last time I gave somebody a key instruction and didn't consult you or went against what you advised, it turned out to be fucking Theon burning Winterfell to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know there's a, there's a wider story there that Rob's not aware of, but he realizes the error of his ways and he's kind of gone, okay, well, yes, all right, that was rash. And this is, I think, as close as you will ever get to an apology in this show. Um, yeah. And it was a really nice scene. And it was, no, there's, it was that nice moment between, um, between the two of them where she says, look, why are you telling me this? Because of it, no, I, she's as unclear as the rest of us, whether she's a prisoner or whether she's a traitor or what, no, or she, you know, she's just his mother and you know, she's there and he's humoring her or is she somebody he trusts? So it's, it's a nice little sort of bridge building moment. Um, obviously, given the type of show it is, you kind of know that something's going to happen because you don't get nice reconciliations like that unless something goes fucking wrong. No, um, they're setting us up for a fall. But you know, as a dramatic hook, that works oh, yeah, quite definitely. well. And and, and, and again, the, the visual it. is very striking as well. You know, the uh, the yeah. sort of the defective chess pieces as they are. You know, and that's all very good as well. Yeah, and it's the fact that we we literally come in mid scene, yeah. which is something that I have been banging on about for the last three fucking seasons, and they failed to do. Here it is, and it works so much better for it. Um, so that's that's all good. Then you know we move on. We get Rob um, at at Walder Frey's. Um, uh, I have really mixed feelings about Frey. Like he's not as disgusting as Craster. But he certainly is. He's not is. far off. No. He's not far off. But at times, like where he in this scene, for instance, where he just completely forgets his granddaughter's name because he's running down all of the names and he yes. forgets the name of his grand. Hilarious. And again, they're kind of poking fun at themselves there. You know, there's yeah, no yeah, need definitely. for us to be introduced to every daughter and granddaughter by name. Well, that's um, right. I'd, I'd forgotten. I mean, that part of this scene. So when they were doing, it, I was thinking, oh fuck, here we go again. And then we got that, and he's now Wilmina, fucking Waldorf. Mary, whatever. Yeah. And he just couldn't give two fucks. He's like, you're in the room. That's about as good as you can I mean, that's, that's great. That is, yeah, that, that is was really good. good. Um, now, yeah. this, this, where we go on from here, where sort of, um, he, he's sort of looking over to Lisa and all the rest of it. This line, for all the wrong reasons, is one of the most horrible lines oh, I've ever heard. Yeah. You've but picked it's up on the it as most well. fucking memorable. I remember this from the, from the very first time of watching it because it was so awful and so repugnant. Uh, that, go for uh, it. I've written it down as well. So I know exactly what you're going to say. Um, I'm doing it from memory, so I might get it slightly wrong. But um, it's along the lines of, oh, he says he married you for love, but in reality, he married you for firm tits and a tight fit. Yep. For uh, fuck's it, sake. 
it rolls on to get worse as well. Uh, it starts off with him saying, I can always see what's going on beneath the dress. Yes. And yuck. And then yeah. the, the line is, he betrayed me for firm tits and a tight fit. Yeah. Yeah. And then he Double goes on to, um, and then it, even from there, it's, uh, you know, you, you broke an oath to me for that. I'd have broken 50 oaths if it got me into that. Yeah. I mean, Disgusting. Oh, hell. I mean, I again, I don't know. I don't know if it's in the book. I don't know if it's the Wonder Twins having fun again. But it was just horrible. It's inexcusable wherever it comes. And from. I mean, it's it stuck with me for let's see, when did I first watch this? Would have been 2015, 2016 when I when I, when I started possibly. And yeah, it's stuck with me since then. It's so fucking horrible. Now look, here's the thing. Like there are people in the world, yes, absolutely, who talk like that. I know some of them. Um, I would put know, the fuckers on TV though. No, and I should, and you know, I'm not in control necessarily of what they say in my presence, but I would call them on something like that. Yes. Now, however, they are in charge of what they say themselves. I'm not in charge of it. This line has been written down and delivered and directed by a whole bunch of people. Somebody needs to say, we don't need to say this. Yeah. We can say anything we like because this is fucking make-believe. So how about we're not quite so fucking derogatory towards women? How about that? Let's yeah, I not mean, be disgusting. There's so much. I mean, we've, we've talked this before, and I, I, I said last time um, he was in it, I'm a big fan of David Bradley. I think what, what, whatever role he's playing, he very much embodies that role. He's very good, um, and he, does a, you know, he, has a, uh, he has a good range. There's so much that they could have done with him, and he could have done without this dialogue yeah yeah absolutely i mean look, with, you could with have a very watered down version you could have got the same sentiment without being just so graphic and yeah. repeatedly graphic and just oh yeah it's just horrible i just yeah let's move on from it and before we do move on from the scene though i do just want to say um rob's apology is is fantastic stuff it's yes. earnest and heartfelt and well delivered it's very yeah. very good it is, and there's, but there's one bit right at the end, um, and I thought it was going in a different way. So he finishes his speech, and Walder cr- claps three times, and I thought he was going to start doing the old slow hand clap. Yeah, just you know, just as you know, bit of you know, at this stage we think all's forgiven. There's a bit of gentle mockery and all the rest of it, and we we carry on with it. But actually, he's just you know, summoning everybody to action. But I, I, I generally thought, especially the way it was framed and the sort of the way his, his I hands, too. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Fair play, but then it went completely a different way. And that's a device they use throughout the episode where he claps as if he's not summoning his servants and shit, which, again, is just pointless. Um, but I, th- I thought they threw... Given, again, given what you've had in this scene where there's so much opportunity to do better, that would have been a far better response than some of the absolutely vile dialogue we had. Yeah, it is It is vile. Um, we move on to some stuff with, with Danny um, and Dario... As if, I mean, fuck's sake, I'm so bored of them already. Um, Dario is literally just telling her what she wants to hear, um, yeah. where he says, a man cannot make love to property. Yeah. It just just get get fucked, Dario. Just fuck no, off. I really wish Jorah would never just kick flashlight. the balls. Yeah, just, I, I just want Jorah to beat the shit out of him. I really do. Yeah, I know. It's fucking annoying. Um, and, yeah, it's just, I mean, you know, that, that particular storyline will play out later on as well, and it's just fucking boring. Yeah, it is very boring. Um, let's move on from them. Yeah. Uh, but again, again Gil- I will say, actually, I will say that she's, again, she's not acting like a fucking liberator. She's acting like a wartime general. She's a conqueror. Well, she is. She absolutely is. Yeah, absolutely. So she, she's there planning her invasion of the city. At yeah. no point, no, and, and there's a line later on, I can't remember the exact line. Um, it's, a lot, it's just embarrassing. It's a long, how long does it take to sack a city? 
No. Yeah. Liberate, free, no. Yeah. Sack. Sack, yeah. The, the, all there's, the, the, all, everything you need about that character is right in that line. Yep, absolutely. Um, but moving from on from them to, to nicer stuff, we've had a, a, a good scene, and a questionable scene, a bad one. Um, and then, right, we're into Gilly and Sam, who at this point I'm loving. You know, early yes. on, the, this storyline was was a little bit boring, a little bit slow to get going. Um, but the scene between them both here is is just lovely. It's very funny. It's very sweet. Gilly telling him that he's a wizard. Yes. It's just it's so sweet. Um, it is, and I think it's, it's nice as well because we've had so much of every ripping on Sam because he read it in a book. Um, but she, no, she because of her upbringing and all that, she's so absolutely fascinated by the fact that people read and yeah. people know stuff it's like fucking hell yeah and, and, yeah, and when, she, got... when she calls him a wizard I, I i almost pissed myself yeah it's hilarious of course you can't hear it without thinking you're a wizard harry exactly um, but but it is very very sweet uh and then they end the scene nicely as well where they're sort of discussing things and he says well here we are alive yeah um and it's it's just a nice end to the scene as well it's, it's good stuff um and, and then just a kick it up a notch we're into the hound and Arya, um yeah. who you know we've already said we, we both love them together yeah. um and and you know this week is no exception they they're brilliant together um they, just the the discussion they have where it's very it's very simple but it's along the lines of um is that him no good um yeah. and this just this back and forth between them is so yeah. well delivered it, it um, is, um, and in all fairness, I mean, we've we've talked about um, Arya in this season basically doing fuck all, um, and we actually get a you know, a bit of action from her this week. You know, she she intervenes when he's about to kill the merchant, um, and then later on she'll do some stuff as well. What the fuck she thought she was going to do, I don't know. But you know, she we'll she, get um, onto that when we get onto it. She's um, one of my problems later on. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, certainly in this scene, um, yeah, you know, she she calls my you can't kill him more or less, and you can't kill him. He hasn't done anything. Not quite that naive, um, but then a nice bit of comedy as well, where he starts waking up, but she twats him on the head with a stick. Yeah, again, it's just a nice scene. It's um, we've said we've said it so many times that when when the Wonder Twins are writing comedy and certainly comedy timing is something they do very very well. They do, um, yeah. and this scene is a good example of that. It's fairly dialogue heavy, but at the same time, we're not getting bogged down in exposition, and then it ends with a nice joke. Yeah, what, what more do you want? Yeah, you know, it's, that's right. It's great. Um, we come back to them very shortly. Actually, we do get a short scene with yeah. with John, um, in in the meantime, um, and like this this scene is is fine, but it annoys me a little bit in that it's so clearly railroading us for later on. Yes. It's such a transparent story move because John's logic for not killing the stableman is absolutely oh, it's sound. Spot, it's absolutely spot on, and everybody should listen to him. But because it won't serve the story, they suddenly become idiots. Yeah. And, Bear and in mind that these guys are all seasoned fighters. They've lived in the wilds for years without any kind of incident. They sh- they wouldn't do something that fucking stupid. Well, no, that's it. It's just, it's that thing we say. Yes, okay. Yeah, we might in- we might enjoy it when crows die. We might we might enjoy a bit of a scrap with them, but we're not going to seek one out. Yeah. And that's what they've done here. They've gone right. Okay. We know that killing this bloke is going to attract attention. We nick a couple of horses. Cross. We, we we leave a gate open behind us, and we you know the old man could have done it himself. They could exactly. have just escaped. If we kill him, they're going to know we killed him, or somebody killed him, and they're going to come looking. Yeah. So there, no, there's no. there's no logic that says, yeah, let's kill him anyway. No, Whereas no, no. John's logic is sound. It's you'll get us caught. You're going to, you're going to hamper what we're trying to do. 
there's nothing about this that says I'm a traitor other than no. I don't want to kill an innocent man and give away our element of surprise. Now, look, we know that John is is a traitor to them. Yeah. Yeah. So so that adds drama as well. We have information as an audience that the characters don't. Therefore, yeah. there is drama there. But instead, they just flush it down the pan. I'm very confused by it. I, I, well, I'm not, I'm not confused. I understand why it's been done. They are railroading the story for later on. I get it. Uh, because we need this kind of dissension in the ranks with John. We need them to start questioning him. I get all of but that. we've had that from day but one. We've had it already, them. and it doesn't feel right to me here. No. Um, so it's clumsy, is what it yeah, is. Very clumsy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we get that, and then we're back with Arya and the Hound. Um, just more good stuff, but and about the only notable thing, really, is, is her delivery to him, I think, is absolutely spot on. You know, we've said several times about Maisie Williams' delivery. Yeah. It can be absolutely brilliant at times, and this is one of those times where she just looks at him and says very calmly, someday I'm going to put a sword through your eye and out, out the, the back, back of your skull. Yeah. Yeah, and it's perfectly delivered. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, we, we get over to Bran, who I'm... I'm Again, fucking boy. Thank God for Hodor. Yes. Like, because without him, just I, there'd be nothing to watch here. Although it's got probably line of the episode for me here, where we get hush, no more Hodoring. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I quite, I quite like them in this episode. Just that whole group, just because there's the interaction with, um, with the others later on. So we've, so I think the first time we see them is where they get to the windmill where, um, yes. John and Egret were last week or the week before. Yeah. Um, so we well, we know we know there's no we know they're nearby they're in no, the same sort of area because you know it doesn't matter if it was two weeks ago one week ago or six months ago because time means fuck all in the show anyway um, so we we no there's a nice there's a callback there and we kind of think that actually yeah there's something's going to happen there's a reason why they're in the same place that John and Egret were um, so that, that was quite nice and then we get the um, the bit where um, they're talking about going north of the wall and wildlings and all the rest of it and Rick uh, Rickon says. Old Nan said they no, they 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 they, they blend your brains or they hollow out your skull and make you drink your brain or something, and Osha just sort of no, smiles at him. And then when they're walking inside, when you no, know, when there's a storm coming and they go inside, she says, "Oh, not I could do with a drink." And just the look on his face as she's laughing and trying not to piss herself was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's okay. I just the, the storyline bores me. Um, this this story do... will continue to bore me until the end of the fucking show. Yeah, I do think though, um, and and it's not just this storyline. It happens with quite a few of them as well. We do get some nice drama here where we cut back and forth between this and, and the stuff with the wildlings and they're clearly yes. in the same place and yeah. they're within spitting distance of each other and they're, they're just ships that pass in the night you know they're taking these real close close calls with each other and they don't know it there's some great great drama there again the audience knowing stuff that the characters don't um, yeah. i'm a big fan of that and the show does it quite a few times and they always do it pretty well and this is this is no exception um so i like that yeah um we we get the scene then where they turn on John. That the fight is good. Wouldn't say it's great, but it's, it's a good okay. fight. Although the whole thing again slightly confusing with him kind of shoving Egret out the way to start yeah. with. Um, almost kind of. I, I just can't work out. I think he's trying to protect her. He is, but he but, makes her more vulnerable. Yes, that's the bit I couldn't work no, out. And I, then I she, can't work out. Is is he try? Does he do that so that she doesn't fight them? And if she doesn't fight them, she hasn't turned on them. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to work out. Or is, is it 
or is it just some again some fucking masculine bullshit where yeah. he tries to protect somebody who doesn't need protecting? Or is it, it, it ends up costing her? Is it literally she's a wildling, so I have to get her out of the way so she can't stab me in the back? Because Maybe, I don't know. There's there's that layer to it a bit later on as well because they do have a moment later on. So. It's very confusing. It could have yeah. done maybe with a line of dialogue or at least a close-up to signal just what was going on. Uh, yeah. Because especially because Egret is such a capable fighter and a capable character as well. Well, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, she is not somebody that needs protecting. Yeah. So the other thing yeah. I don't understand with this scene, right? Why did it need to be raining? Because it looks good. That's just extra fucking expense. And yeah, when they've all got fucking floppy hair and, and stupid beards, it doesn't look that good. But it looks cool because there's mud and yeah. Just but they, cool. they but they don't utilize that. No, I know. But it's it's just it's more visually interesting. Is the thing. It, it would be if they used it, it as it, as it is. It's just distracting because no, oh. you, you don't you don't get the mud and the splashing and stuff like you don't see water bouncing off stuff. You just see people with soggy hair. Yeah, but they get soggy hair and they'll get mud on their clothes and it mutes your color palette. So if you want to get nice and gritty with it as well, you've got a muted color palette rather than glorious sunshine where you've yeah. got swords. Dancing on things, and it also contrasts directly then with the glorious sunshine in the next scene where everybody's in shiny armor having a fight. So you've got a sort of down and dirty brawl with with John, and it is down and dirty with John and the Wildlings. You know, it's quite cumbersome, quite strength based, and then you've got Jorah just being fucking magnificent and just cutting motherfuckers up with style and grace and panache, essentially, just absolutely yeah. disassembling people. In the very next scene, yeah, uh, no, I, I kind of get. It. I just think that it, if they, the the amount of effort they've gone to do that, they didn't make the most of it. But the biggest thing that bugged me with this fucking scene is John's closing gambit to Mackenzie Crook. You were right all along. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. I know. Oh fuck me sideways. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Although fairly cool where you know, he, he walks into the bird as he's dying because that that's a nice callback to um, a couple of weeks ago where he says. If I kill you, what happens to your bird? Now he knows. Yeah, yeah, and, and also, of course, we see uh, in the middle of all this as well. Brand walks into Hodor as well. Yeah, um, and that's it yeah, was, and it it's quite really well be... handled. Um, yeah, they don't make a massive issue out of it. I was but... expecting a pratfall. I was expecting him to him to walk into it and him to just collapse like a sack of shit. You no, know, I think they handle it really well because uh, it's yeah. obviously something that will become important later on. Yes. Um, but they make enough out of it that we understand what's happened but they don't make so much out of it that it detracts from what's going on or, or clearly signposts things for later on to the point where we might be a few steps ahead of the story. So it does yeah. it does just enough, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I, was, I thought that was quite good. Uh, credit for the director there rather than the writer, I would think, um, because on paper the scene is the scene. Um, yeah. They've just decided to to do just enough and in general again the direction in this episode i think is, is pretty good um particularly when we we get to the red wedding at the end i think it's it's very well executed um so yeah we get another scene with with jorah and it's just fucking ace it, it completely pisses it's, it's a much shorter fight um but i've said it before anytime we get to see jorah fight i enjoy it he is a fucking badass um, yeah and i think it does well as well because i mean we see we see so often in this show where you have, a, a, like we said about scenes, where you, you start at the start and you end at the end and you get all the bullshit leads up to it. In this, you, you get the start of it and yeah. then you get the middle of it and then you don't get the end. Again, you build no. a nice bit of drama with it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just really like it. Just watching watching Jorah just 
systematically disassemble people basically yeah. he just absolutely cuts through them in this fight taking them out uh, and, got... and again dario is all fucking style and panache and george is like fuck no i'm chopping down a tree i don't give a fuck it's yep. going it's dead next one yeah and, and and it's, it's not it. showy it's not stylish it's just functional it's it's batman is what it is he's he's just batman about it he's he always knows what's coming and he has the counter for it, and he just systematically takes everyone down and ends up looking way cooler than Dario does with all his flourishes. Yes. Um, he, I think he ends up looking way more stylish than Dario just because he looks like a complete pro. Like like he would kill you in the blink of an eye without shadow of a doubt. Um, so I, I quite like that fight. Um, then, then we're back with, with Frey. Um, to be fair, the daughter scrubs up pretty well. Um, yeah. Fucking young though, isn't she? Well, yeah, that was and that was it's the a thing, bit wasn't troubling. It? Well, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, it's it was always going to be the way, wasn't it? Because you had all you had this multitude of daughters and granddaughters who were all made, no, they were all made down effectively. Now they were made to look probably I don't know, a lot. I'm, I'm not going to say they all looked like horses because that would be really unkind, but they were all kind of made to look very unappealing. Yeah. And then you get the one who was attractive but clearly fucking twelve or something. Um, so it was always going to be quite problematic. And then later on, at the start of the wedding, you get um, where um, you, lots of shared looks between Ed Muir and Rob and Frey. And it's a bit, again, it's really uncomfortable. It's really distasteful where you know, her own father's not practically salivating at how well she scrubbed well, up. Well, we kind of get one of those here, and it's very nicely done, actually. I, I actually consider this scene the start of the Red Wedding. Yeah. Um, I think it lays the table. Um, it disarms us completely as an audience because it's funny and it's quite it's got a deftness of touch to it. Um, it the Red Wedding, as as I said, as a piece of, of TV, as a piece of storytelling, I think is executed fantastically. And it all starts here like we are completely disarmed. OK, so it turns out that, that the daughters actually scrubbed it quite well. So Edmure's uh, happy about it. Yeah. Um, and then we get that look, that first look from Frey to Rob, which is which is quite comical. It's just a little bit like, see, she's not so fucking bad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But there's no there's no malice in it. There's there's yeah. nothing. It's just a bit of it wouldn't have been so bad, would it? You know, it's and it it's nice. Uh, you know, Rob smiles back that you know they they share that thing. Of, we both know what's going on here. Yeah. Um. And then you get uh, the other girls laughing at the uncle as well. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a nice scene. It completely disarms us and it makes us feel safe because they're yeah. using humor effectively. And we've talked before about tension and release and all of that. And so that's exactly what's happening here. We've just had two big fights. Yeah. So we've got that tension. We've got that adrenaline going, and we're in somewhere where we should be feeling danger. Okay. Yes. Because we know that this is a tense situation. But straight away, I nearly clicked my fingers, but I didn't. Straight away, they whip the rug out from under us and the scene is light and funny. So yeah. we relax. And now all of a sudden, we see this space as relaxing. Everything's safe here. It's fine. It's a wedding. Excellent. Uh, that's, that's manipulating the audience to a very high standard. And I take my hat off to him for it. Oh, yeah, um, done really well. And again, there's a nice callback to last week where it can so starkly contrast Sansa and Tyrion's wedding, where that, yes. you know, it's that's all very dark and everybody, you know, all the looks there are very sneering and very malicious and you know, very malevolent. Here, you know, everything's very open. Everyone's very jovial. Everyone's very calm. Everyone's very placid. Um, and you know, you're and you're thinking right. Okay, this is a no. We are clearly in a safe place. This is clearly you no. Know, 
this is going to pan out. Whereas last week you were expecting something to happen because it was so everything was so vicious and malicious. Um, and, and something else ending in us, I can't think of. Um, but no, you, you were expecting some sort of problematic event other than Joffrey whipping away the steps so Tyrion can't reach Sansa's cloak, or yeah. can't reach to put the cloak on Sansa. So you were expecting that, and it never came. So to then have the exact opposite of that this week, whereby you are completely disarmed straight away, everything seems normal, everything's happy, it's a happy event, it's a wedding, it's families being joined, it's union, it's, you know, it's going to help Rob's war effort and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, it's no, it, it, it's a really nice scene, and it sets up a really nice sequence. It does. I mean, it, just off the back of that as well, we get the discussion between Rob and Talisa. That's right, mm. isn't it? Talisa. I still, yeah. I've still got the newest written in my notes. I don't um, have to worry about it much longer. No, that's what I figured. Why, should, why break the habit of a lifetime now? <laughs> um, so Rob and Talisa talking about Cat as well is also good. You know, it continues the, the disarming nature of the scene. They're having a conversation that you know, we want them to have and, and as yeah. characters, we, we need them to have. So we know where they stand with Kat. And again, it's very disarming. It's executed very well. Yeah. But it's too little too late. And that's going to be a theme, obviously, throughout as we talk about this. Oh, like, yeah, this is this is a discussion and this is information that we needed weeks ago. We should have had and, this in episode two or three. Yeah. Um, and it and... should have carried on through the season. Yeah. That's the thing. It's all well and good having these having these massive ensemble casts and these, these multiple strands of a story, but you can't just ignore them and then expect people to care when you have something climatic happen. No, it doesn't and work. then no, it, it doesn't. Um, but then you know, just just the technicality of the scene to move through it. Then we're nice and settled. Everything's going well. Yeah. Then the door shut. Then the music starts. Then wolves howl. Yeah, like it's all. It's still. These are just your early warnings. Like we haven't gone full on yet, but they are just slowly, slowly threading the needle. And there's just this this creeping dread of like the the door shut, and then there's a minute silence before the music starts to let you think. Hang on, what's going on? Like the yeah. sound of the door shutting reverberates. Yeah, it's like what's going on? And then yeah, Walder claps his hands again, and the music starts, and you're like. Oh, okay, it's fine. So you get the tension, you get the release, and then the yeah. wolves howl, and you think, "Hang on a minute," because wolves howling subconsciously yeah. in our culture, it is just ingrained in us. That is a horror trope. A yeah. wolf howls, something's wrong. Um, so it, it's there in the background, and then it just builds oh so slowly, just starts building. Cat pulling the the sort of um, the overshirt back. Yeah. on Bolton's arm and just seeing that he's wearing chainmail underneath. No, no, you know, no, funny, right? Her her reaction to that is a bit fucking slow. And his reaction is just a, it's all right, calm down, it's not a problem. He gives her this look as if to say, don't worry about it, it's fine. You'll be all right, love. I, I think clearly, no, it's it's, it's, the, the, it's that the look he gives her is, is off. It's not the right look for the situation. I don't know. See, I really like it because the way it plays out, we get... We get Kat's realisation first before she even looks at his arm. It's because of her realisation of, hold on a minute, something's up. Mm. And you, that's written all over her face. Again, no words, just expressions. Yes. And she, she plays it perfectly. You can see her put everything together. Like she's she's two moves ahead of, of Rob. You can see her putting it together. Then she checks and it's too late. And they all know it's too late. And Bolton's smirk is, is literally just... It, it's a, it's almost like just bring it. What what are you gonna do at this point? Like we we have you, you know. She knows that there's no way out. 
I I just think this the way this scene is orchestrated is so so good, and it's a shame because it would be so much better if it meant more, well, and, yeah, it, that's and it would only mean more if we'd spent more time with these characters, you know. And and once again, even like Arya is, and and we talk about these these close shaves. And again, here's another one: Arya's at the gates, yeah. and they get turned away, and she breaks free and and kind of gets to the point where she sees the wolves being slaughtered. Yeah, but that's not enough. Hmm. Like Arya needs to see that she didn't see Ned get killed. She hasn't seen Rob get killed. She hasn't seen Cat get killed. Yeah, it's not enough. She's in no position to enact any kind of vengeance or to feel any kind of fury. Like obviously she will. She will grieve. She will feel fury. She will be annoyed. But film is a visual medium, and yeah. we need to see that ourselves. That can't happen off screen. Which it does, because we yeah. don't see her reaction to what's again. happening. Yeah, again. And it and it cheapens her story as well. It does, and given her, her entire arc is about vengeance, what's she getting revenge for? Because she hasn't seen any of it. So, yeah, because she knows Ned's dead, because she saw the build-up and she saw the aftermath of that, but she didn't see it happen. And now, again, she's been tur- she hasn't seen Rob be killed. She hasn't seen Cat be killed. She knows something's gone on, but she's not seen it yet. But, again, she's not... At this stage, she's ready to go in and start no, scrappy doing it. She needs... Yeah, and, and this is the thing. And I understand why they didn't put her in the scene, because then well, you don't get the big they? shock ending. Okay, yeah. so I get that, because she would want to, to fight back, and then we'd have to have a whole thing with Arya escaping. Okay, I get that. But why can't she at least get in there and spend some time with the bodies and swear bloody vengeance? Well, yeah, that's it. That's what needs to happen to cement this for us, especially when we've spent so little time with the Starks this season. Well, and that, last season, actually. It's and bad. last season, yeah. The one that we've spent the most time with is Arya. So if we frame this as part of Arya's story, then it makes up for the fact that we haven't spent that much time with Rob and Cat. And yes, it's still shocking when it happens hmm. um, because, you know, we, we think that, that Rob is sort of leading the, the forces of good essentially so you don't expect him to be dispatched so so callously and, and so casually but if it's framed as part of Arya's story then we feel that pain all the more it's not just shock then it's pain then there is forward momentum yeah then then Arya has a purchase on the world and can affect it and we're more concerned about what she's going to do to right this wrong but we don't get any of that. No, Again, right. they throw these deaths away. And it's such a shame because, as I say, these are so well executed, you know, from from Kat's. And it, we cut to Arya, then we cut back after Kat has realized what's going on. Mm. And just instantly, she starts to turn the tables. She grabs the knife. She makes a play. Um, yeah. It just, it's very, very good. You know, Rob gets gunned down. Um, it, it's the whole scene it's it's horrific and it's horrific for all the right reasons yeah you know, it's built up slowly we've got a pregnant lady getting stabbed in the stomach we've got one of our main heroes getting gunned down um and then we get we, we just get cat the matriarch you know in the middle of all of it just making her play and she's fantastic um but you know again even even with Rob, like he he gets gunned down, so he can't do anything. Yeah. How much more interesting would it have been if he'd have made a play after he sees Talisa getting stabbed in the stomach? I mean, mm. I know it's not as shocking, 
but give him a hero's death at least for Christ's well, sake. This is and this is one thing that I said there, there there have been things that bug me about this episode for a while. I said that that line of phrase being the main one, but both Rob uh, Rob Rob's death is better, but Cat's death certainly right. She makes her play and she knows she says to Frey, "Oh, let him go or I'll kill your wife. I'll get another one. I don't really give a fuck." So then Bruce Bolton goes, stabs Rob in the gut, and Rob has his no has a death moment, which he hasn't really earned because of the last two seasons he's done. Well, we've seen him do fuck all. Now, there's seen, there's lots of talk yeah, about it. Yeah. But now, let, had, let me just pin that a second before yeah. I forget this, because this is this. I think this is important as well. He hasn't earned his death. You're exactly right. But more importantly, how much better would this show have been? And this is quite a simple fix, really. Mm. If Rob somehow does manage to survive this, if Kat and Talisa die and Rob manages to survive, how much more interesting a show would this be and how much more interesting a narrative arc would it be for for them as a house then? If he survives it and all of a sudden has to avenge his unborn child and mother and wife, like how much more does that add to the war effort? And then well, eventually yeah. you bring him together with John and with Sansa and with Arya and the Stark children as one go to war behind Rob. Hmm. How much more interesting is that than what we ended up with? Well, yeah, there's that. I mean, th- this was one of Martin's early plans and he's, um, he's quoted as saying he killed Rob um, because he believed the audience would assume the story was going to be Ned was the hero season one and he died. So the next, the rest of it's going to be his his heir trying to avenge his father's death. And he, he wanted to keep people guessing. He wanted to very much go away from that. And that's fine. But I think the way that it's put together doesn't really doesn't really hang on that properly because as we've said all the way all the way through certainly this season, if if that's what you're building towards and to, to then pull the rug, you haven't earned it because Rob has not been I mean, I think he's been in probably this is episode nine, he's probably been in five episodes of this season and not in four. Yeah. Maybe six and three. But of the ones he's been in, he's been in for a scene, maybe two. Yeah. And we've not seen enough of him and enough of Kat and enough of his relationship with Talisa to actually give a fuck what goes on. Whereas we've seen a lot more of Sansa, we've seen a lot more of Bran, we've seen a lot more of John, we've seen a lot more of Arya. So no, they, they, aside, they, have earned, they, have, they have earned their place in the story at this point. Rob is just kind of there yeah, because but, he has but, to be because he's Ned's son and he's avenging Ned's death. But see, there's the problem as well, because Arya aside, none of the others are trying to avenge Ned's death. Well, no, that's and right. They all have equal claim to that. You know, they should all be wanting to avenge Ned's death. So to suddenly just pin it on Rob hmm. just doesn't quite work, particularly when you said, like, you could make that work if we spend enough time with him as a character to get under his skin and see how yeah. much it's affecting him. And, it's you know, you then make it, as they kind of have hinted at, but again, we haven't spent enough time with him, is that it's not so much about Ned's death as it is about, I'm not fucking ready for this. I'm not half the man my father was. I wish he were here to tell me what to do. That's where you play it, you know. Mm. Um, but they don't. They they start to go down that route, and then that's where we bring Kat in as the advisor. But yeah. they never fully explore Rob's character or his story. And so his death doesn't feel earned, and then it it just doesn't, just like Ned's death, it doesn't really have any major repercussion in the story no, no that's whatsoever right. i mean we'll get to um i mean i said we've no we've, we've now seen the uh more or less the end of the starks um i know that there's this big war that's going to happen all the rest of it um so we, we're at a point now we're thinking right okay well as, as an as an end to a trilogy which is you know, the first trilogy of a trilogy of trilogies which is just fucking vain um 
yeah, okay, I, I kind of get that, and you want to go in a different direction, but it pisses on everything you've done for the last three books, Completely. or the last three seasons, and then it means you have to you're more you, you're more or less starting from scratch, but just without having to do the character the, the, to introduce the characters because you've already done that. And I don't I just it but it's it's always bugged me because as I said I've not read the book, so I don't know how it's done in the book. But certainly in the show, I could not give two fucks about the Star War effort. No. Ned died and um so Sansa and Arya had their their bits where they're in King's Landing and they're stuck and all the rest of it, so you've got their their divergent paths. That's fine. Rob goes to war and you know, given Ned's status in that first season, Rob going to war to avenge his death to prove that Actually, there's a there's a, a usurper on the throne, all the rest of it. That should be front and center. Yeah. And because it's not, you have this big, beautifully shot, very well framed, very well executed, pun intended, uh, um, set of scenes. But they don't mean anything. And then you'll go into season four, and they still don't mean anything. They still don't resonate because even with Arya, her her quest is still her quest, and it hasn't changed. No, they're practically forgotten about. It's like it's like they just sweep them under the carpet. Um, yeah, and it, it is a shame because, as I say, for all I think it would have been cooler if Robert at least made a play. Like yeah. it is shocking to see him gunned down like that. It is shocking oh, yeah. to see Talisa stabbed in the stomach. Cat's death, oh, far none, is my favorite death in the entire show. I think oh, no, see, I, it bugged the piss out of me. Fan fucking tastic. Um, it, it, just it bugged me because be, just because of the way it was handled. In as much as she makes her stand mm-hmm. and. So she and so her her whole thing is let Rob go and I won't kill your wife. Rob gets stabbed in the gut, so she cuts her throat and just drops her like a sack of spuds. That was brilliant. But she's standing there and it's just, again it's just thrown away that somebody steps up behind her and slits her throat. I didn't know who it was. I oh, know. I love that. I absolutely love it because at I, that she, point she's just seen she's seen what is essentially her last shred of hope. Like her girls, are, as far as she's concerned, lost her big chance of getting them back is Rob. John was never hers anyway. She's just seen her son, her unborn grandson, slaughtered in front of her. She's given up. She allows them to walk up behind her. It, and, and it's all in her performance as well. Her cry, and then she just goes into just catatonia. She just is just stunned and just allows them to she has given up she just allows them to slit her throat and we get that just hideous blood spray Mm. i think it's amazing i think it's an amazing scene um it's just thrown away in in further seasons but the actual execution of it i think is absolutely amazing like across the blocking the performance even the effects Excellent, excellent, excellent in my yeah, no, opinion. Her, 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 her death was one that bugged me. And again, it's, I mean, there, there are things of this episode that have stayed with me for the wrong reasons. And that was one of them. Is that it's just the fact, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying about her, her character and her motivation and stuff. It's just, it just seems so throwaway. Because, and because, again, it's just some fucking random Joe with a mustache who just steps up behind her, slits her throat, and, and walks off. It's just like, oh, is that it? Yeah. And it's, um... it's, it's, it's the damn squib effect. It's like, We've had all this build up, and again, it's the same. You know, for me, it's the same problem I have with this storyline in general. Is it should mean a lot more. It should be a lot grander, but it just kind of fizzles out. And I, yeah. I like that about it. I like that it's. I like that it's sort of slightly downplayed in that it's it's silent. You'll notice the score cuts out as well, and there's there's yeah. no score over the credits. Um, the, the last sound you hear is just her anguished scream before you get the squirt into the blood and it, you know, it doesn't take a fancy move. She doesn't put up a fight. Somebody just literally comes up behind her and slits her throat. It's downplayed. And for me, it really, really works. I, I, 
I think it's excellent. I have a tendency to prefer things downplayed anyway, as you know, we've mentioned plenty of times on this show, um, rather than pitching for the stalls. And I think that's exactly what they did. And I, I think they do it very, very effectively. I think the, the problem is, as we've already identified, that, you know, we, we haven't really spent that much time with Kat this season. Thankfully, we've spent plenty of time with her in seasons one and two. So she is a character that we care about. Um, what annoyed me was just like with Ned's death, we don't get any fallout from it. Um, mm. and, and and she is such a massive character and yeah. such a big part of the show that, you know, it, I mean, we've spent more time with her than, than Ned at this point. They re, you yeah. know, her death should be felt. And it's certainly, fe- I mean, it's like a fucking gut punch, even watching it back now. Her death is like a punch in the fucking stomach. Like it's definitely felt on a on a physical and emotional level, but it's short term because you know it, it cuts to black and then that she's just gone she just yeah, she may as well just be written out of the show she she is no more well that's it and i mean in i have read and i as i don't know if it's true um it's certainly a theory i've read that in the books um there is um something called the gray lady of winterfell which is it's it's some form of spirit or fucking entity or something and the the purveyor of these of the overriding fan theory is that it's it's her ghost um, watching over, um, watching over Sansa. Um, I mean, that would be wonderful. That would have been excellent if yeah. they'd done that. Um, they didn't. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that's it's something that never comes up in the show. Um, I don't know if I don't know how true that is, or if that's I don't know if that's been resolved in the books yet, because obviously we're only sort of two thirds of the way through the books or wherever it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know how how that pans out, um, and that might have been completely wrong in the first place. But again, that would have at least been something. Mm. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I I just I mean the whole. The, the scene is the, so the, the episode itself and so the, the scene and the way the way it's played out is i don't have a problem with her death just seems kind of thrown away to me um and it's just like we've done all the important stuff now which oh yeah it's a loose end and that's it i think we'll have to disagree, to oh, disagree that, yeah. on that because I, I think it's the total opposite i i think they make they make a lot of her death but they underplay it um she you know she ends in a single on her own she ends with no music. She ends with a phenomenal performance and a massive spray of blood. Um, I, I think they they pitch it perfectly. Um, yeah, I, my favorite death in the show. As I said, I've, I've already said it once. I said it, absolutely my favorite death in the show. I think it's this whole scene, start to finish, is is just expert level stuff. It's it's emotional manipulation at its best. Um, it's just a shame that it doesn't resonate. It, they mm. they don't do anything with it, and well, part of that is yeah. because they they haven't done anything with it to begin with. You know that is a big part of it. But on a technical level, and you know, you, you can take the rough with the smooth here. You know, we we do we are able to talk a little bit of shop on this show, mm. and that can go both ways. You know, for as much as we can pull something apart technically, oh, yeah. um, and and we do quite often. Um, you know that works in reverse as well when there's stuff that isn't popping from a story standpoint but is technically genius like i i can enjoy it just for that you know i can enjoy the performances i can enjoy the direction here and it's, it's this scene is fucking flawless as just taken on its own it is incredible absolutely incredible it's just what it means in the wider context that well that's it i mean we get off. we get a little bit next week um where I think they put the the wolf's head on John's body and parade it through the through the um the sort of the the knight's village the, the tents and shit they've got set up outside. Rob's they do body. that. Um, yeah, Rob's body and um, yeah. what did I say? John. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, Rob's body and the and the, uh, the the wolf's head. Um, so you'll get that next week, and then I think it's episode two or three of the next season at Joffrey's wedding, where you'll get it referred to, and then that's it. Yeah, but even that, just throwaway lines. That's that's oh, yeah. not enough. Like this. No, that's it. This, this should this... this should reverberate until the end of the show. Well, just like with Ned's death in season one, like for the last two seasons. Even though we haven't seen him that often, you know, the, the war effort has always been in the background of the show. And, well, yeah, because even when, even when the Starks aren't there, you still get the Lannisters talking about it and the Tyrells yes. talking about the fact they're paying for it. All this sort of stuff keeps on coming up. Yes, and that is Rob's story. Hmm. And, you know, it's been building, building, building. We don't see it enough, but it does build. You know, it's starting to escalate. And just at the start of this episode, even, he had a plan. Hmm. Um, and then they just completely cull it like that storyline just stops here and that's the annoying thing like you've built this storyline up over best part of two years Mm. and you just stop it well i'm sorry it doesn't just stop because there'll be a successor well yeah that's it Um, and somebody should um... be avenging his death and this storyline shouldn't just go away and i appreciate that we've got a million other fucking storylines and yeah we'll (laughs) always have a bit of starks and, and lannisters in some way, shape, or form. But this... And yeah, I guess you can argue that in real life you could win wars this way, you know? You could you could use subterfuge and, and take out the, the sort of head honcho on, on the opponent's side. But this isn't real life. This is drama. And I've invested a lot of fucking time in this story. Well, yeah, so exactly. don't fucking cheat me. You know, at least, at least let Rob go out fighting. Yeah. Well, that's it because I mean, for all all we've had, we've had um, we've had Rob the general, we've had Rob, Rob the uh, the would be king. I've never lost in battle. Um, all the rest of it, all this sort of stuff, whereby he's he's you know, even though Tywin say you no, know, he's he's growing in confidence, he's growing in ability, all this sort of stuff, and then he is just fucking put out like somebody pissing on a candle. Yeah, and it's complete. But even so, even though it's so uh, utterly and thoroughly disrespectful to that character, it doesn't really matter because. As you said, we've had Rob's story all the way through. We've had the, the Lannisters and the Tyrells and everybody else talking about the war. Apart from Rob, Rob doesn't even get to tell his own fucking story before he dies. It's it's appalling. It, there's no other word for it. It's, it's fucking appalling that they just throw an entire arc away. Yeah. In the space of ten minutes, and, and it's, it's like probably I said, the it's, prevalent arc for the for the first three seasons. Yeah, and like I say, it's a fucking wonderful ten minutes. Hmm. But I mean, I know the effect is to shock. I get that. Yeah, that's what this show is about. It's just shock and all, wasn't that? Yeah, and you absolutely did that. But then you've also absolutely shortchanged every single member of the audience. Well, yeah, um, there's that, and you've also shot your writing team in the foot. Yeah, because you've not given them anything to 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 build on. No, I mean you essentially at this point now have to restart the show. Yeah. I mean, this is this is Vince McMahon level storytelling where you invest a shitload of time, a shitload of effort, a lot of resource, and you go, "Nah, it's not working." Pull it. Yeah. And nobody then knows what to do. And then the same people who've been feuding for two years are now best friends and, and tag team partners. This it's this thing where you've got, "Oh fuck, right, what do we do with these now?" Yeah. Oh shit, I'm paying them. They've got to be here. So um, I know we'll just put them together. It'll be fine. Nobody nobody will remember what we've spent the last three years doing. It's fine. It'll be great. Don't worry. Trust me, it'll be great. Yeah, and it it's inexcusable. It is it is the thing about the show that winds me up. It's it's the whole reason behind this show, as yeah. we said at the start, behind our show anyway. Um, 
because it's just fucking it's inexcusable and they do it time and time and time again just flush these characters and these storylines down the pan with zero explanation yeah they just cull people for the sake of culling them and yeah. look when there's some fucking rando like you, you want to do this do it to dario yeah? yeah no one gives a fuck wouldn't have any effect on the story whatsoever yeah yeah do it to jora again I like Jorah. It might hurt. Wouldn't have any effect on the story whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Do it to the Onion Knight. No effect on the story whatsoever. Mm. You do it to fucking Rob. You lose two years worth of work without well, a payoff. Yeah, that's it. But like, not, it's 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 not it's not two years. It's three years because I mean we had the first season which was all Ned, and yeah. that the only payoff for that was that his family will now go to avenge well, yeah. his death. Yeah, true. You could tie this in. Yeah, you could tie those so, two together. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense. Because that's that's the whole catalyst for him going to for Rob going to war in the first place is that you killed my father and you're holding my sister's hostage, as far as I'm aware. So I'm going to go to war for my family. That's so that's, that's that's great. That should be on some sort of treaty somewhere. Why did you go to war? You killed my father and you're holding my sister's hostage, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> 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 I may be incorrect, in which case I do apologize. <laughs> But either way, fuck it, it'll be cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know it's it's that that whole thing. We've had this whole through line of the Starks and Ned started this thing, and Rob's going to carry on because there's injustice. Joffrey shouldn't be on the throne; he's not a legitimate king. There is injustice, therefore we are fighting it. Ah, oh, no, we're not. Fuck it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it it's. I don't fucking understand. I really don't. I don't understand how the same team can put out something as technically brilliant as that ten minutes. And then completely screw the fucking pooch. Mm. I well, don't understand. Well, listen, I, and I don't. I don't know whether it's the book, um, because I mean, um, from what I'm reading, as I um, on Tinderweb, because reading on Tinderweb is easier than reading an actual book. Um, but if this was the, if this was the plan, is that your first, your first trilogy, your first act of your of your overall trilogy, um, is the Starks and the Lannisters? Fine, but you either need a clean break, and then you marry them together way 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 in the future or you say right the same characters are in it and they have the same motivations and the same things going on so we need to just carry on with it as a through line you don't just well, yeah. do it and forget about it and pretend yeah, it never no, happens no. now now here's the thing like i again just for those that may be new here um i haven't read the books so i don't know but i'd be willing to wager that this would work a lot better in the books because the work will have been put in because yes. you have a lot more time okay and this is an adaptation so they've chosen the scenes that they're going to adapt um wrongly in my opinion and that's yes. where the error is here i don't doubt for a second that we spend a lot more time with rob in the books well, and that, so in the books maybe this works better but in order for it to fully work there is only one way around this and you have to have a through line we have yeah. to go from rob to someone someone has to pick up this fucking thread and no one does now I'd like to think in the books that is Arya. Well, yeah. Um, and it's it's intended to be Arya here, but they, they just don't do it because she doesn't see anything. So... No, that's, that's right. And I mean, that's, that's, that's my, my thinking as well. Is that, I mean, these books are fucking massive. I mean, all of them are huge as far as I can tell. Um, and so, yeah, they probably have done a lot more of the groundwork and you, you probably have done that done that work. The problem, as you said, is that they've gone through this I'm assuming they've read the books, the showrunners. I'm assuming they've read the books before they've done it. And again, I've I've read a quote which said, no, th this sequence was what made them, what what convinced them that they wanted to make this as a TV show." Um, 
So I, no, I appreciate all that. But if they've gone through this, they've gone through three books and gone, right, we need this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit, and this to get us to the Red Wedding. We need all of this stuff also to get us past the Red Wedding and into the stuff with Daenerys and the dragons and the Lannisters. And we need this, this and this. And you pick the bits, bits you want because, yes, it's an adaptation. It's not it's not it's not um, you're not converting it from format to format. You are adapting it is the idea. Sometimes I, I think these guys don't know the difference. Um, but they've picked scenes which are either going to be more visually arresting or easier to shoot, or they think are going to be more interesting. But they're or not they in service of the story. Takes. Well, yeah, there's that too. But they, they're not in service of the story. They don't move the narrative along enough for you to justify these big sequences. And this, no, don't get me wrong. No, Ned, Ned dying was a big sequence, and we we kind of earned that. We'd spend a lot of time with Ned. Yeah, it, it was thrown away, but we we no we we earned it. The following two years, we haven't. We've not, we've not spent nearly enough time. We spent more time with Ned in that one season than we spent with Rob in three. Yeah, so oh, for I would agree. Yeah. for this whole thing to be, this is our big climax. This is the thing that broke the fucking internet. No, this is the thing that crashed YouTube for fucking however long it was because people were put, posting their reaction reaction videos to it. This is this was a big fucking deal. Except me with my story head on, I'm going, oh, okay, all right. This was what finally convinced me to start watching the show was all of the hoo-ha about the fucking Red Wedding. I was like, right, best start watching this then. So I binged the first three seasons. Um, it's, look, whatever they decided to do there, they clearly succeeded because they did break the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So shock and awe, they succeeded. But then you'll notice it's after this point, I think, if you really look into the show's fandom and and the backlash, it does start from here. Yeah. People start to grumble from here. Up until this point, even though, you know, over the last three seasons of this podcast, we've already identified loads of problems. But I think people were more willing to give them a pass. Yeah. And after this, once the problems start racking up again, and there will be plenty next season, yeah. once they start racking up again, people are on to them. Yeah. People are well, on to them. This is it. And I mean, this, I mean, I've talked, I mean, we, we, we disagree on Walking Dead, I think. Uh, we've covered that quite a lot on this show. There are moments where you call bullshit, yeah. and this for me is the first, is the second one. Ned Ned's death was the first one because it was sort of thrown away. Agreed. This is the second one Agreed. because at this point I'm going. You haven't given us. Okay, yes, it's shocking, but it's shocking partly because I'd forgotten how half these fuckers were. I've not I've I've not had anywhere near enough engagement or interaction with them over the last nineteen weeks since season two started and, the, and Rob's Rob's story really started for me to actually give a fuck. And yes. it's, no, we've had more and more of him in this episode than we have, we've had in a season and a half. And I'm at a stage where I'm like, okay, fine, but either show me boobs or show me fucking Tyrion doing something funny. Cause I don't care. I'm not that fucking interested in another political scene with Rob and Kat and some other fucking Lord. And okay. The scene it's, you know, the, so the sequence itself was fine, but I just don't care because I don't care enough about the characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is the big problem. The, the scene is excellent. All of the performances in it are excellent. The pacing, the blocking, the yeah. direction. It's all, it's, it's faultless. It really is. It's fucking excellent. But I don't give a shit about any of them. Yeah, that's it. You know, I may, yeah. well, maybe Cat. I do give a shit about Cat. I, I mean, um, I, if it had been this time last season, I'd have probably said yes. But, I mean, by now we've had very little of her this season. And what we have had is whereby she's gone completely off the fucking reservation and decided to just do what the fuck she feels like it. Yeah. Um, and, and then she's trying to, no, she's trying to justify that for a couple of episodes. And then she just kind of stops talking about it and everyone forgets about it. 
and then we get to the start of this episode where all's forgiven and she's back in the war room and she's now she's Rob's confidant again. And it's just like, okay, so we've come full circle with her for no fucking reason whatsoever. And yeah, I just I I, I anytime I've seen her in this season, I haven't really cared. Yeah, to be fair, we have ragged on her a bit this season, and we I think she I think she's done enough good work in in previous seasons for me that yeah. I do care about. I mean, to be fair, I like Rob as a character as well, you know, and I've said a, a lot of good things about him. But yeah. I think his death is just so fucking thrown away yeah. for me that I I just instantly put it to bed because he's it's like he's fucking JFK or something. Well, yeah, I mean, this, he's, I mean, just there's... mercilessly slaughtered. Yeah, I mean, you've got this this episode. You've got it'll be it'll come up next week. It'll come up. I'm sure it's season four, episode two. It might be episode three um, at Joffrey's wedding, and then it'll come up the very last scene of season six and the very first scene of season seven. That's your fucking lot. You'll get four scenes in the next six seasons or five seasons, and that's all we'll ever get of Rob ever again. Whereas this should actually now escalate the war effort. Well, of course it should. Because but now it doesn't. I mean, it, it, not with all. Well, I mean, with thinking of that, it was never going to because the the majority of the forces were Bolton and and would have been Frey forces. So the fact that the Boltons betrayed him to the Freys, who then who, who who were working for the Lannisters, you've kind of lost your entire army anyway. But even if you hadn't, you kind of feel they would have been they would have been a bit rudderless at this stage because Roos has defected to the other side and Rob's gone. So they kind of but don't even really know then, where to go. We need to see them decimated. Yeah, of course we do. We need to see them. No, Christ. Again, there are enough fucking throwaway strands to this story. Give us a band. Uh, give us a band of, Rob, of of loyal Stark soldiers who are now on the run. Well, yes, exactly. And you have them find Arya. Yeah, you give us some fucking peril. They get Arya across to Bravos or Volantis or wherever the fuck it is she goes. You get her involved. You 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 that no, that becomes your story. You're you're trying to evade capture to get her somewhere. Okay, yeah. that would take away from the stuff with the Hound, which I wouldn't be without for the entire fucking show. But yeah, you know, that would be, again, at least something that means the war meant something. Yeah. Even if they all die getting onto the fucking boat, something has happened to make it worthwhile. Yes. Yeah. It needs to pay off, and it never does. No, absolutely not. And I say it's, it's, it's probably the biggest time I call bullshit right up until um, the third episode of season eight. Um, but oh, yeah, no, there's a bigger one for me. There oh, so, yeah, there, there is there is a, there's another big one. You're right, so I forgot about that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is from at least that one had a through line to a, um, for until again same yeah. episode in, until the same <laughs> episode in season eight. It was building to a point, and then they kind of went, oh shit, yeah, we forgot about that. Nah, fuck it, it'll be fine. Nobody care. Nobody remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was such a big fucking moment for the show, and I've sat there going, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't do that for a minute. I, I fucking, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, which surprised oh. me. Um, yeah, the the episode itself, I say, it it looks good, it plays good. It, just from a story point of view, it's pointless. I think, I think coming into this episode because I was so annoyed after first watching it, <laughs> um, I, you know, my my kind of my memories of it clouded my judgment slightly. I, w- I was ready to go all fucking guns blazing at this. Oh yeah, me too. Um, and it swept the rug uh, out from under me completely because it was so well executed. And I think I forgot that, you know, because I was so angry first time out. Um, I think I've forgotten how well executed it actually was. I'd certainly, like, I'd remembered Kat's death. and knew that that was an awesome moment, but that was kind of all I remembered. And then, of course, I remembered that there was no follow-up from that, which will continue to annoy me. Yeah. Um, and and so I just kept going round in this in this circle of anger, 
Um, they, they've done a little bit to break that for me, I'll be honest, which is not something I thought I would be saying. Um, but, you know, watching it with distance, um, I I can appreciate this episode a lot more than I did first time out. And I'm surprised to be saying that. It doesn't excuse the fact that it goes nowhere. It absolutely doesn't. Um, this is piss poor storytelling of the highest order. Um, but it's some fucking excellent filmmaking. It, it is. Say, I mean, I say, I'll, 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 give, I'll give it that. It's a, it, technically, it's a very good episode. It looks good. It sounds good. It plays well. Um, I say it's, it's the wider story thing that bugs me. But you are right. Distance does help because I mean, I as I binged the first four seasons, and I was I wasn't watching them through any sort of critical lens. I was watching. I was trying to watch them as a fan, and they'd done enough more or less to keep me interested um, as as a fan and keep me wanting to go back to this show. So watching it at that point, I remember being angry for again for the the fact that i didn't know i had for, as we said i hadn't spent enough time with rob i remember being angry but i moved straight on to the next episode so it wasn't something that i had a chance to fester uh, to, uh, to, that I had a chance to rankle to fester and for me to, to dwell on whereas now watching it for, with you know, a couple of years removed knowing what happens and now doing a doing uh, a pseudo critical rewatch but knowing where every fucking episode is going it makes it a lot easier to what to become detached and actually look at it through that critical lens as opposed to that um, fandom lens and I think that sometimes I mean that has helped on in the good episodes that has helped to cement how good they are but in others it's really amplified how fucking good they're not yeah definitely as I said there is there is good as well as bad that yes. comes from viewing things through a critical lens and this for me is 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 something that's good actually you know I've said again several times recently that um, I have these Blu-rays and I, and I don't think I'll ever watch them again once we're mm. done with this. Yeah. Be, be, you know, such is, is the level of work that this is taking. Um, but actually, in solitude, I think I will watch this episode again. Um, it's that good. I think I can just put this on and enjoy it for what it is. And it's not meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be fucking harrowing. Oh, it's supposed um, to be you know, repugnant and... Revolting. And it is. And when I say enjoyed, please understand that that is what I mean. It will conjure very specific emotions because it is emotional manipulation, which is oh, yeah. all storytelling is, really. Um, and in isolation, as just a 50-minute slice of TV, I think it's fucking great. I think this hmm. episode is fucking great. Um, aside from the shit with Danny and Dario... I've got nothing to complain about, really. Nothing major at all. Um, it's just that fucking through line, which is a huge problem. Uh, and we'll, well yeah, that. yeah. I mean, in, in terms of uh, in terms of an eight season um, narrative show, not having a through narrative is kind of a problem. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But as I say, I, I oh, saw as, as, a, as a standalone episode, I think you're right. And, and, I yeah, and, and that's why I wanted that. to, and that's why I wanted to treat the, the wider story arc of it all separately, because I think it's slightly unfair to tarnish this episode with that brush. That is a much yeah. bigger problem. It just so happens to come to a head in this episode. Yes. Um, I think the episode itself is, is excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. Best of the season easily. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and the thing is, well, it, it shows something that this show has been afraid of. It, looks, it appears, though, this show has been afraid of and will continue to be afraid of up until the end, is that your best episodes don't have to be the biggest, the showiest, and the flashiest. Yeah. You don't need lots of fucking effects and explosions and shit like that. You can have one that's mainly character-driven. Yeah, I mean, we've had that 
you know, for the last three weeks now, the episodes yeah. have been character focused and they've been the three best of the season. Yeah. You know, I, I, and you're right. This is a good showpiece for that. Like this isn't, um, this isn't Blackwater, you know, this isn't, no. and, and look, that was fucking excellent as well. I'm not yes. knocking it, but this is far more understated and, and that's what's good about it. You know, it, it is the fact that it's just, oh, so subtle and it just yeah. builds and builds and builds until it's not fucking subtle anymore and you're hearing a, a woman's dying scream before her throat gets slit and it's it, it's it really fucking punches you in the gut it's it's excellent it's such a gut punch um i love shit like that it, yeah. stuff like that is what excites me about this medium this is why i love film and tv there are I don't th- well. I don't think there are any other mediums that can correct that can connect with an audience that directly and that immediately and impactfully as no. film can. And this no, is was, a prime example say, I mean, of that. I was going to say the, the the written word can do so much. You can, the, a book can take you anywhere, but it's not an immediate effect because you know, it relies on you to fill in gaps, and it relies on you to have the time to sit there and read it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I say this is you know, 55, 60 minutes, whatever it is. And once it no, and everything is there in front of you. Everything's laid bare. If you don't, if you don't want to think about it, if you want no, if you want to look at it through a, a purely literal lens and go right, well that happened, then that happened, that happened. That's fine. You can do that, and you'll take away what you take away from it. Whereas if you want to sit down and read it the way you would a book, and you can no, and then you, you you can you can read um, visual media the same way, you can get so much more out of it. And when this show does it well, it's a, yeah. it's outstanding. It, but it really it, is. It really but, is. For all we brag on it, it is. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's it's important to remember. We said a couple of weeks ago this this was becoming a bit of a slog. I mean, certainly this season. Um, this for me is probably one of the worst seasons. Um, but we are still fans of the show. We do this because we we wanted to we want to go back and go. Actually, yeah, it's not as bad as we thought. You know, yes, okay, there are problems, but you know what? It's not that bad. As it turns out, that we we've uncovered a lot of things that we hadn't either hadn't noticed or we'd forgotten about. But we're still fans of the show, and we do this because, you know, from a place of love. And it's sometimes it's easy to forget that. But when you watch an episode like this, whereby, yeah, okay, you've got a big event, which, as we've just talked about for the last hour, there are problems with. But it's a good episode, and you get good... There are nice flourishes and nice touches, which will be repeated in dispatches for the next five seasons. Just not enough, because the show will eventually come to rely on Whereas it initially relied on like, tits and minge, all of a sudden it relies on dragons and blowing shit up and shocked ass, and yeah. it doesn't need to do that. I think when it try when it doesn't try to do that, it's a lot better as a show than when it tries to go all out. And I think that's something that's going to keep on disappointing us for the next five years. It will do, and that that is the that is the great disappointment of this show is that it is capable of so so much more yeah. without losing what what it already is you know you can still have dragons and you can still have tits and minge if you really want um it you know those things and great writing aren't exclusive you know you can you can have all of it um and and when you do have all of it the show absolutely flies um and it actually you know we we have said this season has been a slog and it and it has um but these last three weeks have have done a lot in terms of extending my goodwill. Um, <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed every every week for the last three weeks. I've looked forward to watching the next episode, and I've enjoyed them. Um, I, I don't know if I feel the same about this week's um, because I don't think it's it's going to be as good, quite frankly, as 
as the Red Wedding was. But they've done a lot to get me back on board in the last three weeks. I'm still, I still would agree with you. I think this is the worst season so far. Yeah. And obviously we'll wrap it up next week. Um, but definitely the last three weeks have been a marked improvement and they are they're feeling like they're back on track to me now it's it's less of a chore than it was yes and i think we had this in season one as well didn't we you know it it, 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 it peaked at episode six it really really deeply troughed um before ned died and then it sort of pulled itself back to a happy medium uh for the for the end of the season so yeah i mean oh i that's i like this episode um in in, in and of itself but say it just, it still winds me up. I'm sorry, the the whole, the whole. Oh, it winds me up as well. I'm, I'm there I, with you. Um, but watching it as an episode and watching it as a standalone, I, I agree with you. It's well, it's well executed, and it's something that you, you know, taken in isolation. Yeah, okay. There are a few bits I've not liked. I say the some of the the dialogue has been a very problematic for me, and that's I, I wasn't a huge fan of Cat's death. But it's it's a good episode. Um, and I'm I'm now thinking well, well next week's going to be a bit of a downer because the last episode is always a bit shit. Yeah. Um, but we'll just see where it goes. You know, it's, it's going to be enough. There's, there's enough. I said there's enough goodwill generated from the last couple of weeks uh, into this episode to, to carry me through. I think. Um, and it's it certainly picked me up a bit to um, to to get onto the next season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's important to remember that you know this this show is you know, eight seasons long, what, 10, well, most of the time, 10 episodes a season, you know, so in total, it's like somewhat 80, 90 hours of TV, yeah. um, like anything that runs for that long. And I, and I think I said this a few weeks ago as well, there are going to be bad episodes and there are going to be, there are going to be bad times. Um, it just feels like the, the opening half of this season like we had bad episode after bad episode after bad episode and that's to be fair that has been an exception rather than a rule you know season one and season two they were they were 50 50 i would say whereas this is is only just coming into its own but nevertheless coming to its own it has and hopefully it'll continue next week i'm not holding out too much hope as you say because those those end of season finales don't tend to be fucking great do they no so, and i mean I've, I've got a feeling next week is danny's jesus moment uh yeah it may well be yeah and i could really give two fucks yeah well i mean let's see no, i mean look, let's see because i was convinced i was gonna fucking <laughs> yeah. hate the red wedding and yeah that's, ended that's up loving it so that, that's true knows? i mean yeah so i mean yeah we'll, we'll see where it goes next week um but yeah i, I mean I, it's i mean as a as an overall arc danny's is one that fucks me off from from the beginning to the end anyway um but we'll we'll get to that next week um as always i mean particularly in this episode could mean it, it broke the episode, it broke the internet once let's see if we can do it again yeah um, and also i think this is it doesn't happen very often that we would disagree so wholeheartedly on something yeah um, but we clearly have a difference of opinion here over uh cat's death um yeah. so you know if you have opinions on that way in call you know call me a fucking idiot call mark a fucking idiot whatever you want um to be fair if that's the worst i get called i'm having a good week yeah we're big boys we can take it um let us know what are your thoughts did you like it you know do do you think it's it's underplayed intentionally or did they just fuck it up um let us know what do you think well yeah definitely um let's say you can contact us uh, via twitter at ddpodcastnet 
uh, on Facebook. We're the Double Down Podcast Network. Um, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, and find and get in touch with us through there. But yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know why we're right, why we're wrong, why we're a bunch of fucking idiots who shouldn't be on the internet. Um, yeah, whatever you want, really. I mean, well, we we. We do this. We we do the show so we can talk about it amongst ourselves. But if other people want to join in, we're all for that as well. Um, so yeah, by all means, let us know. But until next time, game over.